It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Somebody let me know if we sound any better now. 
because I know some of you may have something else to do today, but we'll record it. You can always listen to it uh, later. And everybody out there, hear me loud and clear. Because we plan on uh, worshiping him today because he is a way maker. So I wanted to do a check, a mic check before we get started to see how everything's sounding out there. All right, JLC said we sound clear, so we're going we're gonna to try to move on. As you, as you may know by now, we've had some technical difficulties today. And so we, we I believe this is our, was our third time starting. When Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. That's the key. Now, we want to establish the reason that we're looking at these clouds of witnesses and the reason we're taking depositions from these witnesses is because we want to look at these witnesses who has showed faith in God and they have been declared overcomers. These overcomers have overcome by the blood of the Lamb. That's good news for me. So what they're saying is that we can overcome by having faith in him. Not faith in you, not faith in faith, but faith in him. So uh, the, 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 the testimony of these saints in the deposition, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, we're examining, and this is a a two-part, uh, three-part series, and this is part two, taking depositions from the cloud of holy witnesses, part two of three. Last week, uh, we talked about, uh, at least we, 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 we took testimony from, I believe it was about four, saint, four saints we took testimony from, and we were deposing these witnesses to help us in this Christian walk. I believe we started out with Abel to give his testimony. Then we left off last week by calling uh, on Joseph to testify. Uh, we we talked to Enoch and, and Jacob about their testimony about who God was. We were deposing these witnesses with the intentions to show you just what El Shaddai could do, God Almighty. The text says we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, surrounded by such a, a great cloud of witnesses. Make Be clear on that. See, the witnesses have already been through it. And I don't believe that people in heaven can see what we're doing down here. I know everybody says, such and such is looking down on us, but I don't have any scripture to back up that they can see what we're doing here. But they, we're not saying that they're cheerleading us on like some would have you believe. No, they're giving their testimony to encourage us to throw off those things that might be hindering us from running this Christian race. 
Do you realize that there are good reasons that God Almighty put the clouds here on earth? Now, I know you, if you ever just pay attention to clouds, you see them passing by. And uh, sometimes we don't pay much attention to clouds, but clouds can either cool or warm the earth. Clouds are also a way that we get rain or snow or hail. It is said that clouds help redistribute extra heat from the equator towards the poles. Think about something. Without clouds, we could not get rain. But one of the main purposes of clouds is to keep the earth cooler. That's one of the purpose of the clouds in the sky. So today we want to call some more of these witnesses from the cloud and hopefully they can give us some rain or, or manna that will help us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. They can be identified as uh, clouds because they took the heat that many of us will never endure. Some of us don't even know what real suffering is about. Uh, they know what suffering is about. These, these clouds of, of witnesses. They threw off uh, the, those shackles of whatever it was that were uh, preventing them from running the Christian race. See, it, that's why it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, in other words, join in, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin, whichever one it is, that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So we're hoping that we can, can glean information by looking uh, at these witnesses and taking their depositions. They can be identified as clouds because they took the heat that we'll never endure. It's some people that's suffering today, by the way. Most of the time in the West, we're not really suffering. We just think we're suffering because we didn't get a chance to go on a vacation or we didn't get our dream car or some foolishness about that. Maybe this cloud can give us some spiritual participation or, I'm sorry, uh, per, participation. How you, how you say that word? Per, participation getting tongue twisted on it, uh, some do, put it like that, so that our minds and conscience will be watered with a heavenly rain. As we discussed last week, the job of, the, of a witness that is being deposed is to give information that helps the plaintiff or hurts the plaintiff, whichever one, depends on who's uh, being called to testify. So that's the job. So it depends on which side you're on. I guess the devil and all those who work for him would not want our witnesses to be deposed. Kind of like the devil didn't really want us to talk about this particular message. He's tried everything. He's, he's getting, I guess he knows because one thing about the devil, he knows that his time is short and he knows what his end result will be, a lake of fire. There's a lot of people that work for the devil. They don't realize uh, that their end 
uh, or cause or their end uh, will be uh, an everlasting fire. But this week, our first witness that we would like to call is the man of God himself, Moses. I'd like to go over to chapter 11 of Hebrews again and read the portion that discusses Moses. Starting at verse 23 and stopping at verse 29, it says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. If you want to see the providence of God, just look at what happened before Moses was born and throughout his life. I like to keep throwing in the providence of God because sometimes we actually think that God is sitting in heaven, wringing his hands as if he don't know what to do. <laughs> uh, make no mistake about it. God always knows what to do. God is not sitting in heaven uh, trying to figure out what's going to happen on earth. He knows. If you look, if you want to see the providence of God, just just look at the life of Moses. The book of Genesis ended with Joseph uh, dying. The book of Exodus begins by telling us a new king whom Joseph meant nothing to came to power in Egypt. And this new king decided that the children of Israel were becoming too numerous. So his answer was to deal with them shrewdly and enslave them. That, that, if you pay attention to that, sometimes don't, try not to read the Bible too fast. Because sometimes you can actually just stay there. The new king who came along, the new pharaoh who came along, he didn't know Joseph. He didn't care nothing about what Joseph had done for them. I guess he didn't read his history. And he decided that. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media. Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. The children of Israel were becoming too numerous, and he had to deal with them in a way that could stop this. We, we, we can't have this. Uh, just think about what's going on today in the West, what's going on in the East, because they are afraid of Christians. Actually, they're only afraid of the Christians who really believe in the Bible. They're, they're, they're afraid of the kind of Christians who's mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the cloud of witnesses. Those are the kind of Christians that the devil is afraid of. Those are the kind of Christians that these secular 
whether it be atheists or whoever you name, they're not afraid of the Christians who only talk about God, who only wants to mention uh, that they believe in the infallibility of the scripture. They're not afraid of the, the Christians who says, I, I can take the Bible or leave it. I don't want to get dogmatic behind the Bible. And I'm not telling you to go slap people in their face with the Bible. But when somebody comes to you trying to get you to believe or celebrate something that is uh, a contradiction of God's word, I'm telling you, you better stand firmly because these clouds of witnesses uh, will, 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 will let you know that in spite of circumstances, in spite of situations, you got to be willing. You got to make your mind up today. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Don't wait till you get around. I don't see. I didn't throw it off. I don't care what friends and family think. I don't care how mad you get about something, because if you're trying to tell me to do something uh, that actually goes against the word of God, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not siding with you. I don't care if it's mama. I don't care if it's daddy. I don't care if it's grandma. I don't care if it's kids, children, whoever it may be. When you tell me to do something that I know for a fact contradicts the word of God. Now, if you want to do it, hey, have at it. You're not going to force me. You're not going to intimidate me. See, you have these clouds of witnesses made up their mind that they're not going to be intimidated by any edict that goes out from no king or dictator, president or nobody else. They, their mind was made up. So I'm inviting you to make your mind up today that you have the mindset of these depo uh, uh, the, the witnesses that we are deposing, that you can have the same mindset as they have. But the scripture says the more that they oppress the children of Israel, the more that they multiplied and spread. And you will find out throughout history, the more that they try to oppress Christians and those who fear God, it seems like they multiply. We don't die, we multiply. <laughs> so God had told Abraham that the children of Israel would be enslaved for 400 years over in Genesis chapter 15. But El Shaddai also had promises. He made promises and he told Abraham in Genesis 22 and 17, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. See, he told him that he was going to bless him and, and they was going to prosper. But he also told him that you was going to have some heartaches. So I want to I want to tell you that in this life, you will have tribulation. In this life, you're going to have some problems. It's not going to be smooth selling all the way. But the good news is he who endures to the end <laughs> uh, will be considered as an overcomer. Also, God said to Isaac over in Genesis chapter 26, the Lord appeared to Isaac, it says, and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Hmm. Stay in this land for a while. And I will be with you and will bless you for to you and your descendants. I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father, Abraham. 
I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And I will give them all these lands. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed. Also, when you look at what Jacob said to the Lord when he was getting ready to meet Esau. Uh, let me refresh your memory. Let's go over to chapter 32 of Genesis. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into the deposition, but you know how we got to uh, make sure it's in reference. So chapter 32 of Genesis, uh, starting at verse 11, says, Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau. For I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So when we arrive in the book of Exodus and Pharaoh has given instructions to the, the Hebrew midwives to abort, uh, the Hebrew baby boys. But the midwives decided not to listen to an ungodly law. Woo, I can go somewhere with that one. Whenever some government makes up some ungodly law, you matter of fact, you are obligated by the edicts of God Almighty not to obey any ungodly laws that your government may be making up. They said, Pharaoh said, and this is this is King Pharaoh here. He could kill you. Pharaoh says to the midwives, whenever these uh, Hebrew women have give birth, and if it's a boy, I want you to kill the boy. Abort the boys. Mm. Does this remind you of anything going on in our society today? We want abortions on demand. So uh, the midwives says, uh, God Almighty says, we're not to do what you're asking us to do. I know you're the king. Know you got a lot of power and all that right there. We respect you and all that right there. Yes, king, king, yes, you're wonderful. But what you're ordering us to do is, is not of the Lord. So that's going to be a big no. Because in chapter one of Exodus, starting at verse 17, it says, the midwives, however, Fear God. Testify, midwife. I didn't even call them for a deposition. So, But while we're here, uh, I'd like to take your deposition anyway. Hold on a minute, Moses. Could you get off the stand for a minute? I'd like to call the midwives up to testify since we're giving deposition. Didn't even plan on letting the midwives testify. Uh, but it says that the midwives, however, feared God. Hmm. Well, I'm telling you. That just gets me all happy inside when I read that. The midwife, Pharaoh gave an order, but however, <laughs> uh, uh, the midwives feared God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, think about it. They could be killed for this. They could be killed for not killing the boys that the king says, so who you fear more? Do you fear God more or do you fear the king of the government more? Mm. I'm going to go on the limb. I'm, I'm, I fear God a little bit more. Matter of fact, I fear God way more. Verse 18 says, then the king of Egypt summoned the midwife. He, he wants to get them back in here because they're not obeying him. <laughs> 
uh, the king summoned for the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? In other words, why didn't you follow my ungodly order that I told you to do? Why have you let these boys live? I told you to abort them. The midwives answer, watch this. Pharaoh, the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind. Listen to it, verse 20. Because they, however you want to look at it, they said, we're not going to do it. But the text says, God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. And because the midwives feared God, that's the key. He gave them families of their own. Normally they said a midwife wasn't really having children, but because these midwives feared God and not the king, God said, I'm going to hook you up now. Oh, I like where that's going right there. I can get happy just thinking about it. So being obedient to God, you might get a blessing that you didn't even see coming. I believe over there somewhere in the New Testament, it says that he will press down, shaking together, run it over. Yeah, I, I can take some of that running over kind of blessing right there by fearing God. Don't mean it's going to be easy, but it's good news. Now, there can, there can only be two explanations you can give to what the midwives did. Either they just flat out lied to Pharaoh and was not going to obey an evil law. That's A lot of scholars believe that. It's, it's part, they just flat out lied. We ain't going to tell you the truth because you're evil anyway. The second explanation could be that the midwives were sent for, like somebody, because whenever they get ready to have a birth, they send for the midwives. And they they may have just, just took their time arriving so the baby can already be born. I don't know which one it is, but the bottom line is they were deceiving Pharaoh. They weren't going to tell him the truth because he was asking them to abide by a law that was ungodly. Bottom line is they were rewarded by God for not obeying an evil law. I like the way that sounds. See, in the, right there in the Bible, did you, did your Bible say that? They did not listen to what, quote, the law of the land was. They didn't listen to it, and God blessed them. And that, that, that's something to be said. After the abortion decree did not work, Pharaoh tells everyone who's listening, simply just start throwing a chunking. Said so the old word they used to use, chunk it over here. Chunk the Hebrew boys in the Nile River and kill them. Y'all got orders. Anybody who wants to abide by these ungodly laws, we, the, the midwives ain't going to listen to me. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to deputize all you citizens uh, to just start chunking the Hebrew boys in the Nile River and just drown them people. We want them dead. We want their family dead. We don't want to multiply. We want the girls to come along because I guess the, the Egyptians can marry the girl and then uh, uh, corrupt them. But we said we were calling Moses to give the deposition. I'm, I'm working my way out. The text that I read said, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months. The, 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 does your Bible say that right there? Uh, that it, it, it says, by faith. Notice that all of the uh, depositions that we, we call in, in, in the chapter 11 of Hebrews, it starts out by saying, by faith, mm -hmm. by trusting God, by faith, Moses' parents hid him.
for three months. Uh, Moses' parents is in the hallmark of faith. So it says that they hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. There's a lot of people just disrespecting the king. Huh? You got to do what the king says. You got to do what the law says. No, I don't. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I guess we are, in a way, calling the parents of Moses to testify before we even get to, uh, to Moses being born. Now, we didn't skip the Hebrew, I mean, the uh, the midwives in there. We didn't skip them ahead of Moses, took him off the stand. And then, technically speaking, we're calling his parents to testify before Moses even shows up. Because in Exodus chapter 2, it says, Now a man of the tribe of Levi married a Levi woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son when she saw that the uh, that he was a fine child. She hid him uh, for three months. So in in, 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 in Hebrews, uh, it says that the parents hit the child, but in Exodus, it says the mother did it. I believe that Exodus is focusing on the mother while uh, the book of Hebrews understands that the husband and the wife are a unit. But it was uh, uh, by faith that they hid Moses after the king said, we want all Hebrew boys murdered. Their faith in God gave them the courage to ignore the king's orders. Uh, someone wrote that faith is a great uh, preservative against the sinful, slavish fear of men. Now, that slavish is, is like a submissive fear. Uh, we See, the government wants to scare you so bad as a, a slavish fear. It wants to scare you to submit to them by threatening to destroy you financially and maybe even locking you up. But you got to have a made up mind like these uh, witnesses that we're deposing of. They were willing to die uh, by instead of listening to ungodly law. I'm not telling you to break laws that's uh, uh, not contrary to God's law, but you are uh, you are literally obligated to break any law that's trying to get you to go against the laws of God. I'm going to be clear on that one. Their faith in God paid off because God, in his infinite wisdom, worked it out. Chapter 2 of Exodus says, Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. I know it's an accident again. I just like to throw the providence in God every time I talk about it because God has a way of literally working it in, the providence of God. It's something 
to behold that providence of God. Because when you're thinking that he's not working it out because you can't see it, he's always working. <laughs> and Jesus said, my father works and I too work. He's always working. If God stopped working for a, 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 a millionth of a second, uh, the whole universe would go into chaos. He's always working. And he's working right here, too. He was working before Moses was born because he put something in Moses. Uh, you can see it here. The, the parents even saw it. Says Pharaoh's daughter just happens to go down to the Nile to take a bath. Her attendants were walking along the riverbank. Just so happened. She saw a basket among the reeds and sent for a female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying. She felt sorry for him. This is one of these Hebrew babies. Wait a minute. My daddy said, kill him. Then her sister asked, uh, his sister, Moses' sister, asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby? Look at the providence. I get chills when I read this kind of stuff. I really do. So just so happened, Moses' sister happened to be down there when he sent out. And just so happened that Pharaoh's daughter feels some sympathy towards this baby. It just so happened, right? God ain't got nothing to do with it. Okay, then. So she said, yeah, go get, uh, go get somebody to nurse her. And so Moses' sister goes and gets his own mother to nurse Moses. Well, you talking about a God. That's, that's why I said El Shaddai right there. He working that thing. I don't care how much these evil doers think they can act. All you got to do is have faith in God. He'll work that thing out. You can't. He gonna tell you all his plans. You can't comprehend. He'll scare you to death if he told you all his plans anyway. Even to give you all his plans, just have faith in him. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. That's Moses' own mother. Nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. So Moses' mother, who, who showed she had faith in God, was rewarded because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I don't know if you know that or not, but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hmm. Whoa, I'm telling you something else. That God is something else. I, I just want to shout for joy. When I started reading this script, when I was reading this, I got happy all by myself. I'm about to get happy right now just thinking about it. <laughs> the way God works that thing out. He's way smarter than we can ever think about being. Don't you ever think that these evildoers are in charge of anything. God is working out his perfect plan. Somebody needs to say hallelujah right there. I'm telling you the truth. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, her and her husband did not listen to the ungodly law, and God protected that child and also their lives. Mm, 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 mm. Woo! Then Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 24, says, By faith Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Come on, Moses, says that the mother and the father saw something in this boy, right? <laughs> Just when he was a baby, they saw something. God put something in Moses when he was a child that the parents recognized. I'm not going to even get started on what it was because I don't know. Neither do anybody else. We can only speculate. Moses had a good life. 
But there was something in Moses that would not allow him to take part with people that did not know God. Mm. I believe I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we did a message on Psalm 90. Uh, that's, that's a song that is attributed to Moses. In that psalm, I said Moses did not start his ministry until he was 80. Well, technically, that's not true altogether. His, his deliverance ministry, I guess he didn't start till he was 80. God put something in him that would not allow him to be comfortable with the Egyptian life. Woo! Oh, that a preach right there. So that should be a prayer right there. Lord, put something in me that I won't be comfortable with this Egyptian life, these the pagan life, that I will be so uncomfortable that I'll be willing to say I'm going to give it all up. That's what it means in so much work. He put something in Moses that was just knowing on him that he was not going to be comfortable with the Egyptian life. Moses had something uh, in him. Now, in the book of Hebrews, it says, by faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child. In Exodus chapter two, it says, when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. And if you uh, read Acts chapter seven, when Stephen was given that great sermon, who does a great sermon too over there? Acts chapter seven. When, when Stephen was preaching, he was on fire. He was preaching so hard that Jesus stood up in heaven because he got a glimpse into heaven. I don't know if you remember that story. Now, he says at the time Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. That's what, that's what Stephen says about Moses over in Acts chapter 7. He says when Moses was born, he was no ordinary child. Everybody saw it. We all see it. We all see it. So El Shaddai put something in Moses that everyone else could see. And God in his providence put Moses in the university of the Egyptian for 40 years. He went to the Egyptian university for 40 years. Don't, don't, don't think he didn't use the information when he was in the, uh, the uh, Egyptian university for those 40 years. It was good information. The things that he learned, maybe uh, he, he learned engineering because the Egyptians were known for their engineering uh, technology. Also, they were known for their mathematics and their astronomy. The Egyptians used astronomy to develop accurate calendars. So Moses was used, he's going to use this information because he's going to be leading an army, technically speaking. It, it, most people believe it was about 2 million people that left out of Egypt. The children of Israel was about 2 million strong. So you're going to need some know-how in order to be able to uh, 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 lead 2 million people. What they did, uh, it, uh, what the Egyptian did in construction was, was amazing. While Moses was in training, he learned organizational skills, administration skills. But God had put something in him that would not allow him to be happy with the Egyptian people. Oh, he's still giving his deposition. Don't worry. This is a deposition. So there's a lot of stuff you didn't know. So Moses wanted to uh, put this in his deposition. He was living in the lap of luxury uh, while he was in Egypt. Make no mistake about that. Pharaoh's daughter adopted Moses as her own son. So he's living in the lap of luxury. What are you talking about? How many people, just say if you got somebody like Bill Gates' children, or what's that, Blasio's children. They says, no, these are heathens. 
I don't want to have nothing. I take the training that I got from them, but I want to go and be with the people of God. <laughs> that, that's what it's equivalent to because uh, this is Pharaoh's daughter. So technically, Moses is the grandson of Pharaoh because he's been adopted as Pharaoh's uh, daughter has adopted him as her own son. When he grew up, he said it says he refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He threw it off. Mm, he threw it off. He said, this is, this is a good life. I don't even lie. This is, I got it made over here. In other words, he threw off the so-called good life so he could serve his God. That comfortable life was going to hinder him from seeing the heavenly promised land. Oh, my God. And Moses was saying, I need to run this race with perseverance. The race that is marked out for me. Hebrews chapter 11 goes on to say in verse 25, he chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead uh, to his reward. <laughs> and Moses, boy, I'm telling you. Moses, by faith, was saying, if I choose Yahweh over rich, uh, riches, if I choose Yahweh over comfort, if I choose Yahweh over popularity, my reward is heaven. He said, I like to try, I'm about to do a trade in. Now, I, I've said this before. It bears repeating, though. There's nothing wrong with having things. But see, the problem with having too much stuff is that most of the time is the stuff really has you. You ain't got the stuff. The stuff got you. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, if you're going to be like Abraham, it, it's okay to have some stuff. <laughs> I, I guess if you're going to be like Moses, it's okay to have uh, some stuff or like King David. Uh, but see, you see how it did Solomon. Solomon had all that stuff. He said, I wouldn't hold withholding nothing from myself. I couldn't contain myself. In Matthew uh, 6 and 20, the Lord Jesus says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Moses can give such a great deposition because he saw what the providence of God could do. God used 40 years in Egypt to train Moses on how to lead these people. He used 40 years in the median uh, deserts to teach him patience and how to be a good shepherd. It could be said that Moses used a scale to weigh his options. On one scale, he had the fleeting pleasures of sin. He had the good life of Egypt. Uh, uh, I have uh, heard people say that he or she had no choice. Have you heard people say that uh, they could get sued for saying such and such. Uh, they can lose their jobs uh, uh, if they go against their boss. That's, do you hear people saying that? Moses said, let me chunk that thing off. He threw it off, chunked it. <laughs> it ain't just a throwing off. I go old school. He, he chunked that thing off. He said, all oh, this is good right here. See, some of you talking about, uh, I can't stand, I'm going to have to just do evil stuff because I need my job. I'm not telling you go in there and get in your boss' face and say, hey, heathen, 
But if your boss is asking you to do anything ungodly, if your boss is trying to encourage you to do something ungodly, if your government is telling you to do something ungodly, you better throw that thing off and be like Moses. I'm chunking it off now. I can't go against these big corporations. We got to earn a living. Moses tossed all of that to the side and placed the suffering of Christ on the other scale. <laughs> on this scale, I believe is the fleeting pleasures of sin. On the other scale, uh, I believe is the suffering of Christ. The master said one day, whosoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. So in Moses' deposition, we see self-denial. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Moses left Egypt twice, and when he left the second time, he never returned physically or mentally. That's key right there. See, some of you don't return uh, to the slum uh, physically, but mentally you always living there. The Israelites that had been enslaved in Egypt left one time, but their minds was always returning. I guess uh, uh, we can take from Moses' dip, uh, deposition, when you leave Egypt, make sure you leave Egypt. <laughs> when you leave, I might, I might have to preach that. When you leave Egypt, <laughs> make sure you leave Egypt. Yeah, that residue of Egypt just kept coming back up. Don't keep talking about what you miss about your old life. Leave your Egypt in Egypt. Oh, I know people like that. They get in the church, but all they talk, all they keep talking about is all that fun they used to have at the clubs and, and when they used to do this and when they used to do that. They talk, they talk about that more than they talk about uh, the blessings uh, and the peace they have with God after they've been delivered. They're just like the children of Egypt. They're always living in Egypt. No, leave your Egypt in Egypt. Moses left Egypt behind because his eyes was fixed on the invisible God. Moses focused on the invisible God who introduced himself at the burning bush. Moses did the impossible by focusing on and having faith in the invisible God. The invisible God manifests himself to Moses because of his faith and obedience. What we learn from the deposition of these cloud of witnesses is God always shows up because of faith. Mm, mm, mm. I, I, you don't even know when to shout. Did, can I repeat that? What we learn from the deposition of these cloud of witnesses is God always, did, did I say always? God always shows up because of faith. He can't but, but do it. What are you talking about? Because of faith, he showed up. That's what the whole book, uh, uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews, is that God showed up because of their faith. These cloud of witnesses that we're, that we're taking depositions from is God showing up because of their faith. We could have preached that. Faith is, uh, is how we gain access into an intimate relationship with a holy God. Faith is how we gain access into an intimate relationship 
with a holy God. He wants an intimate relationship. He wants you to get to know him. Not what people said about him. Not what grandma said about him. Not what your mommy and daddy said about him. No, 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 no. He wants you to have an intimate relationship with him. God Almighty responds to faith. He always responds to faith. It goes on to say that by faith, he kept the Passover. And the application of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. This command that God gave to Moses in the keeping of the Passover was pointing to the ultimate Passover lamb. The lamb of God who came to take away our sins. You must understand the faith of Moses. When God sent him to Pharaoh and told him to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh did not say, well, Moses, uh, uh, you spoke to the God of Israel. So uh, I guess uh, we're just going to have to do what he says. <laughs> uh, since you just came over here and says he met with you at some burning bush in the desert. And you just came marching over here and want me to let these slaves go. Okay, then, Moses. Uh, uh, on with yourself. Go on. Leave right now. Mm -mm. See, that ain't how it works. Sometimes when we begin to do what God says, difficulties will come. Uh, don't forget that one. So sometimes that's how you can know you're on the right track. When you begin to do things for God, difficulties uh, come about. You know, I've had more problems uh, with broadcast and being thrown off. When I focus back on God, when I stop the foolishness and start really focusing on God, you know, I had more problems than I've ever had before. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to testify for you right here. I was, they was fine on YouTube and so I start focusing back on God. The minute, I'm not even lying. The minute I start focusing, see, I was raised in church. I got away. But when I start focusing back on God, and say, I want to get to know you, truly know you. All of a sudden, everybody had a problem with me. I had said way worse stuff, and that nobody didn't really have a problem. But for some reason, the devil knew that now he's going to start focusing on God. All of a sudden, he got real busy. You got to get off. We're going to kick you off that. We're going to kick you off that. We're going to kick you off that. We're going to make you have all kind of difficulties and see how bad you want it. So when we was having problems with this broadcast, and this ain't going to be the last one we have problems with, I guess uh, it, it was trying to say is that we're going to see how bad you want to deliver the message. Don't worry, though. I got a made-up mind because I'm looking uh, to the invisible God. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm having faith in him that he's able to do uh, way above anything I can think or ask for. Difficulties will come. Pharaoh said, uh, it looks like these Hebrews are a little bored because Moses run up over here talking about let the people go so they can come worship me. I, I'm thinking, Pharaoh says, I'm thinking that y'all must be a little bored. So I'm telling you what I'm going to do. I'm going to hook you up. How about make some brick without straw? See, see, this is a, it, it ain't just, bam, I, I prayed about it, bam, it just happened easily. See, sometimes it takes the difficulties to grow you what God needs you to be. You're not going to grow without difficulty. When they talk about no pain, no gain, they ain't talking about just the gym. No pain, no gain is spiritual too. 
So you may have to make some spiritual brick without straw. When you make up your mind, you're going to serve God. It costs you. I ain't going to even lie to you. It'll hit you financially. I may have to write a book <laughs> on the last three or four years of my life. I really am. Well, you talking about the devil gets busy. He gets real, real busy. But if you look at what Moses did, and you look at how Moses started focusing on God, see, the intentions was to try to get Moses just to give up. Yeah, we're going, and then the children of Israel starts whining. You done made it harder on even harder on them now, Moses. We had it good over here enslaved. Now we gotta even work harder, making brick without straw. It took the ten plagues before Pharaoh was convinced. See what I'm saying? <laughs> but God was preparing Moses while Pharaoh was having a hard heart. Moses was going to need all the training while he uh, would be leading the children of Israel. Also, uh, the, the, this 10th plague made the Egyptians give up their valuables to the children of Israel because they were afraid. I told you, fear will make you do real stupid things. It'll make you give up your rights to fear will. Well, uh, you got to start, you got to throw off fear. That's one of the main things I think Christians of the 21st century need to throw off is fear. If you want to throw off anything, throw off fear, because I've never seen so many uh, fearful Christians always talking about what, hey, what they're going to do to us. Throw it off. In chapter 11 of Genesis, it says, now the Lord had said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will <laughs> let you go from here. So now, this last thing I'm going to throw on Pharaoh, I guarantee you're going to let you go. And he's going to drive you out completely. Tell the people, listen what God told him. Tell the people that men and women alike are to ask that their neighbors, the Egyptians, uh, ask them for some articles of silver and gold. And in that verse 3, it says, the Lord made the Egyptian favorable disposed towards the people. Woo, that God. He, well, you see, how that's the providence again. He's working that thing out. He said, not only am I going to get you out of slavery with this 10th plague, I'm going to get them to hook you up with some valuables. <laughs> the providence of God is really something to behold. God told Moses what he was going to do. And every time God said what he was going to do, guess what? He did exactly what he said he was going to do. That's why these depositions are so important that we're taking from these clouds of witnesses because what it shows is that when God says, I'm going to do this every time, he's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. So as Moses walked uh, with God, his faith was increased more every day. I believe the first 40 years of his living as Pharaoh's daughter's son helped Moses also. I believe that the second 40 years of Median Desert helped and prepared Moses also. But from the... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Burning bush to the ten plagues was how God prepared Moses for the Red Sea. You got, you got to get prepared for the Red Sea. Here is Moses. All these plagues going on, the burning bush, all that right there. God is preparing. Uh, Moses, just keep on preparing. It's just, it gets it gets, it gets better and better the more you walk with him. <laughs> he just keeps preparing. So he had to go through uh, the hardening of Pharaoh's heart. He had to go through the 10 plagues. He had to go through all this in order to be prepared for the Red Sea. Because verse 29 of chapter 11 of Hebrews says, By faith the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do it so, they were drowned. Oh, that sounds bad news for you, Egyptians. There has been lots of theories about how Moses crossed, Moses and the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea. There's been a lot of theories. Some say in certain places in the world, the tide can leave the sea bottom dry for, for hours and then come, uh, come up roaring back. In fact, in 1798, Napoleon and a small group of soldiers on a horseback were crossing the Gulf of Sus, the northern end of the Red Sea. But I'm throwing all that out. I'm just, I'm be honest with you. Because I looked it up. The average depth of the Red Sea, they say, according to my research, the average depth is about 490 meters. That's about 1,607 feet deep. The maximum depth of the Red Sea is about 28 2,850 uh, 2, meters or about 9,350 feet. The only way that Pharaoh army could have drowned is that the water has got to be deep enough. What sense does that make? Some Somebody coming up with some theory uh, that they know how he came through because at a certain point, it, it, it wasn't that deep. Well, if it wasn't that deep, Pharaoh's army can't drown. What ridiculous theory is that? It's like these people don't even think about their own theory because if the water that deep, when the water came gushing in, Pharaoh's army just can stand up. How what, what a ridiculous theory people come up with to try to actually not make the God to be supernatural. Let's talk is funny because by faith the people pass. It also said by faith the people pass through the Red Sea on dry land. Because when you read the story, you do not see much faith from the children of Israel, even when they got to the Red Sea. Even if the God got them out of slavery. You don't see a lot of faith, not with the majority of them. The majority of them still don't have any faith. All these miracles going on. Pillar of cloud by day. Pillar of, of, of fire by night. It seems to me that these folks would have had a lot of faith by now. But Moses had it. Some people can be released from slavery, but they still act like slaves. In Exodus 14, it says, they said to Moses, was it because there was no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? 
What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? In other words, leave us in slavery. We like being enslaved. We like the government enslaving us. We like the king enslaving us. We like being slaves. You know, I used to always say that most uh, uh, living things fights for freedom, but I changed my mind. Because uh, there's a lot of humans like they love being enslaved. They'll let anybody enslave them, including the government. Whatever they tell them, they'll be enslaved by it. Didn't we? It, 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 they said in the text, didn't we say to you, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians? Well, why you just didn't stay there? You didn't have to come. Did somebody hold a spear to your head and say, you coming with us? Why y'all didn't stay in Egypt? Never seen anything like this before in my life. Said we would be better uh, uh, for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in this desert. See, lack of faith will prevent you from seeing the promised land. Lack of faith will prevent you from seeing the promised land. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. <clears throat> Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still and know. <laughs> I, I threw the and know in there. He said, be still. I was reminded of the scripture. Be still and know that I am God. <laughs> I will be exalted among the heathen. So it was the faith of Moses in Yahweh that got them safe passage through the Red Sea. Let's not forget, it was maybe anywhere from between 1.5 million people to 2.0 million people traveling with Moses. It was a massive crowd traveling through the desert. So all these people went through the Red Sea was parted. I like to see that. I know we, we saw the Ewer Brennan uh, on, the, on the, the Ten Commandments. We saw that right there. But do you know how scary that got to be? It seems like everybody right there ought to have complete faith in God after seeing such a miracle, which it proves my point again that miracles saves no one. Oh, I like miracles too, but it proves miracles. Look at all the miracles these people seen. And they couldn't wait to start worshiping a golden calf after seeing these miracles. That's why you gotta you gotta be careful of these people who always want to focus a ministry on nothing but miracles. All they talk about is miracles. Miracles don't save nobody. They don't. Faith in the one who performs the miracles, that's what saves. Miracles in themselves don't save anybody. If you had came across the Red Sea, that thing dried up in one night and y'all marched, 1.5 to 2 million people march across on dry land, it says. Seems to me you ought to have a little faith. Moses had thrown off the old Moses and he was trusting in the invisible God who rewards faith. Trusting in God or having faith in God shows you what God can do. Mm. If you only trust in you or other humans, you will never have a red uh, sea experience. If you only trust in you and other humans, you will never have a red sea experience. Because the only way to have a red sea experience is that you got to have faith in El Shaddai. Oh yeah, that's the only way. God Almighty. Because only he can actually move the Red Sea apart. Part that thing like it was an afro or something. Just parted it and they marched through. 
1.5 million to 2 million people marched through on dry land. We're not talking about a couple of hundred people here. I mean, think about that. We're talking about a massive army of people marching through. Isaiah speaks on what happened at the Red Sea. Over in chapter 43, verse 16 and 17 of Isaiah, it says, this is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who, who drew out the chariots and, and armies and the horses and army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. So this is what happens when you have faith in God. So I need to move on to the next witness. I know we've been a little long. The next witness that I, I would like to dispose of is Brother Joshua. Come here, Joshua. Because verse 30 of chapter 11 of Hebrews says that by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. You say, don't say Joshua name there. Well, who was leading when they came through? If they ain't talking about Joshua right there. <laughs> it was because Joshua believed and trusted and what God told him that the walls of Jericho came down. It was not by Israel's might. It was not because Joshua was a great general, which he was, that the walls collapsed. It was because Joshua, who was leading Israel now, he was obedient to God's word. Remember, just like it was uh, uh, it was a God who chose Moses when Moses was about to be, uh, 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 and this was when, 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 when Moses was at the burning bush, it was God who chose him. Matter of fact, it was God who chose him even before uh, he was even born. So Moses is about uh, to die now, and he's giving it over to Joshua now. It was not that Moses uh, could see and get around uh, uh, the uh, promised land. Uh, he got a glimpse at it, but Moses didn't get a chance to see the promised land. God had told Moses that Joshua, your assistant, is going to be the one leading the children of Israel over to the promised land. It was because of an act of disobedience that Moses did not get a chance to see the promised land. Moses gives a speech over in Deuteronomy chapter 31 about God and Joshua becoming the leader. It says in verse 2, I am now 120 years old and I'm no longer able to lead you. Not because he wasn't able to, the reason he couldn't lead him had nothing to do with his physical uh, 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 strength. He said, the Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and you will take possession of this land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you as the Lord has said. Um, Joshua also will cross over you as the Lord said, and the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with the, their land. The Lord will deliver them to you and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous 
for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors and to give to them, and you must divide it among as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Joshua had been Moses' assistant, and I'm sure he took notice of Moses' faith in Yahweh. Before the walls of Jericho came down, Joshua had a meeting with the commander of the army of the Lord. In Joshua chapter 5, starting at verse 13, it says, Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or are you for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, what message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Now it reminds me of the burning bush with Moses. I believe as do many others that this was the pre-incarnation of an appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because why would just an angel tell you to take off your sandals? God makes any place he shows up holy. And the second person of the triune God is this commander of the army of the Lord. So just like he showed Moses, he was with him. He is now showing Joshua that I am going to fight the battle for you. God gives Joshua specific instructions on how to defeat Jericho. Joshua and the children of Israel were successful because they had faith in God. Their victory was tied up in their faith in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their victory was in the living God. Listen how Joshua in chapter 6 starts out by saying, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because uh, of the Israelites. No one went uh, out and no one come in. When the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. So it starts out by saying Jericho was secure in the minds of the people who lived in Jericho. But God says to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hand. This could read Joshua believed God and it was counted to him as a victory. Because if God says it's going to happen, there's no good, there's a, no good reason that you should doubt it. That's that, that's what uh, these depositions is about. They show how the faith of this these cloud of witnesses should increase our trust in God Almighty. Joshua and the children of Israel brought down the walls of Jericho. So it could be said that Joshua threw off a doubt and trusted the deliverer. I guess uh, we could argue that uh, Joshua was saying that he is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner. Listen to the instruction that God gives Joshua. March around the city once with all the armed men, do this for six days. Have the seven priests carrying the trumpets of ram horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, 
have the whole army give a loud shout. When the wall of the city will collapse, I'm sorry, then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, I can hear someone saying in, in, in that crowd of Israelites, uh, that's not how Moses would have done this, Joshua. Or someone might say, uh, I never I never saw an army being defeated uh, fighting this way. To that, I would say no one had ever crossed the Red Sea like Moses and the children of Israel did. No one had ever had a Passover where the deaf angels uh, kills those who don't have the blood on their doorposts. And let me stop here to say, if you don't have the blood of Jesus in your heart, you will get an eternal death sentence. So when Yahweh gives Joshua instructions on what to do, he does not question the instructions of God Almighty. He just obeys. That's what you can get from the cloud of witnesses. When God tells you to do something, do it just like God said do. I would like to uh, read what happened at Jericho. It says, when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward blowing their trumpets and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding, just blowing the horn. But Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voice. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout particular instructions. Then shout, he said. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests uh, took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets uh, went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The army men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the, uh, the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. You got to understand the people at Jericho has to be terrified at this point because this is a strange way to fight warfare. They're having spiritual warfare first. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The, the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab, the prostitute, and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the, pe when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. And they devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword 
every living thing in it, men, women, young and old, cattle, sheep and donkeys. Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. These are men of word. They, they said, we're going to keep our word to Rahab. So the young men who had uh, done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, her sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it, but they put the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and the iron in the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab, the prostitute, with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. Now, I have one last witness that I like to uh, call today. I like, like I know we've been a little long, but it, it, it's the one that Joshua has already mentioned. It, I call her Saint Rahab. Yeah, I, I like to call her Saint Rahab because in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 31, it says, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed when those who were dis disobedient. Rahab is, the, the, is one of only two women mentioned in chapter 11 of Hebrews. Don't you just leave that out. <laughs> uh, some of these, there's, some, there's a whole bunch of holy rollers who has been living throughout history, but only two women appears in the cloud of witnesses in chapter 11 of Hebrews. Rahab is one of the ones, uh, her along with uh, uh, Sarah. So Rahab and, and Sarah is the only two women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. If you look at the genealogy of the Lord Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, I believe that there's only four women mentioned by name. I'm saying by name, Mary, the mother of our Lord, Ruth, who was married to Boaz, uh, and Tamar, who pretended to be a prostitute, and Rahab, who is the great, great grandmother of King David. Don't let that one slip through. Rahab, the prostitute, is the great, great grandmother of King David. I want to read how Rahab uh, risked her life and how her faith in the invisible God shows up. She starts living right there. Rahab's testimony is something to behold. I want you to think about something before we read uh, Rahab's testimony. Rahab was a prostitute who worshiped idols. A prostitute who worshiped idols learned to trust God. But what God was doing throughout the land had impacted her in a mighty way. Because in the book of James, the second chapter, he mentions Rahab. You, I mean, think about this. James, the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his book, he actually mentions Rahab. In verse 25 of, of, of the second chapter, uh, in verse 25 and 26 says, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and went to them, uh, I'm sorry, and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without deeds is dead. So faith in God justifies and positions us as righteous. From the Old Testament to the New Testament, 
It's always been about faith and what God's word says. Look what Joshua, uh, Joshua chapter, uh, the, uh, uh, I think it's chapter two, says uh, when speaking of Rahab, it says, then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of the prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho, watch this. The king of Jericho sent the message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. This is Rahab the prostitute. Men go to the house all the time, right? So specifically, for some reason, they said these are the Israelites and they come out to spy out the land. There's some things going on. Rahab is going to pull one of the Hebrew midwives right here. Watch how she pulls. I like to say she's pulling a, a Hebrew midwives right here. You remember the Hebrew, the, 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 the Hebrew uh, midwives, what they told Pharaoh? She's not going to tell this evil king the truth. It says, but the woman had taken the two men and hid them. She said, yes, the men came to me, um, but uh, they did not know where they had come from. I, I, she said, I didn't know where they, ca they came from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. So I have a question. How did the spies know that Rahab would hide them? And how did Rahab know that she could trust their word? Inquiring minds would like to know. For some reason, they went into Rahab's house. They knew for some reason, I guess God had instilled in them something that they knew Rahab wasn't going to turn them over. And they had instilled something in Rahab that she knew that these men was men of their word. Because it says, but she had taken them up to the roof and hid them under the stalks of the flax she had laid out on the roof. So that the men set out to pursue the spies on the road that leads to the forests of Jordan. And as soon as every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job, it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. The pursuers had gone out the gate was shit. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that Yahweh has given you this land and that a great fear of you have fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. 
Are you listening to this deposition of Saint uh, 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 Rahab? She says, I know that Yahweh has given you this land. It's, it, you can chalk it up. Rahab in her deposition is saying she ain't even a believer yet. She got enough faith in God by what he's already done for the children of Israel. She becomes a believer because of, she heard what he had already done. Mm, mm, mm. Lord have mercy. She was fully persuaded that only Yahweh was the true God. She says, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear. She was convinced that he could deliver her and her family. She says, we have heard how the Lord, uh, Yahweh, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, dried up the, the water at the Red Sea. <laughs> she heard about what God had done at the Red Sea. Uh, word travel fast. Huh? They always said bad news put his shoes on fast. For some reason, though, good news is, is, is running pretty fast here. Because uh, Rahab was testifying in this deposition that they had heard how God dried up uh, the Red Sea. How he had defeated these other kings of the Amorites at the east of Jordan whom uh, you completely destroyed. We have heard of it. Our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage had failed because of you. For Yahweh your God is God in heaven. Testify, Sister Rahab. Uh, he's above, he, 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 all this fake God we've been serving, uh, he don't do things like your God. So she had enough sense to know that these fake gods don't work things out like your God did at the Red Sea. We heard y'all was a coming uh, because y'all been defeating all these kings. I don't know if they heard of, uh, they had heard about the, 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 the pillar of, of fire by night, the pillar of cloud by day, but they said they're, they're coming now. There's an army coming and they got this, this God who does things, not like our fake gods. This God answers by fire and boy, he will destroy you. Our hearts have melted. So because of the prostitute uh, 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 Rahab, her family is going to be spared because of Rahab. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with faith. I'm trying to tell you that uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, Rahab had faith that God could deliver her in her family. Woo! Uh, she wasn't even serving Yahweh yet, but she heard about it. And because she heard what God had done for Israel, uh, it, it actually uh, 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 kind of, uh, I guess you can go, you know how one of those, uh, those people that was pole vault, it like pole vaulted her faith up. <laughs> when they're doing a pole vault, they run real, real fast, and they stick that big stick in the ground, and they jump over that high thing, they need to stick. I guess uh, she she's like a pole vaulter. She's running with that thing. And she said, I heard uh, how God had delivered y'all. She pole vaulting up. She's up there. She said, I heard what happened at the Red Sea. She's going up. She said, I heard what y'all did to them kings. She's going up. And we seen this pillar of cloud and stuff. Uh, no other God act like this. I'm jumping over now. Yeah, I didn't pole vault it. I'm going to get on the other side. Yeah, when y'all... Well, I'm going to help y'all out. And when y'all come through and destroy these people, because it's a done deal. We already know it's a done deal because the God who y'all serve has promised, <coughs> excuse me, has promised you the promised land. 
And if Yahweh, the God of Israel, has made a promise, Rahab, come on, give your deposition, Rahab. She says that I know now that it's a done deal. So I'm going to look out for my family in me. I want to hook up too because uh, uh, by faith, it says Rahab hid the spies. So in other words, Rahab had enough faith in the God of Israel because of what he was doing for Israel. Oh, see, not faith in faith, not faith in you, but faith in Yahweh. See, a, uh, uh, Rahab actually had a focused faith. Her faith was in the God who answers the prayers. Her faith was in the God who parts the Red Sea. No, her faith was in the God who delivers his people. And she says, it's only a matter of time before the walls of Jericho are come or tumbling down. Even though the, the city looked secure, they all closed up in there. Rahab was convinced that if God said the city is yours, uh, guess what? Uh, Rahab said, I'm convinced. I don't care no more what the king says. I don't care about the walls being locked up and none of that. I'm on your team. I choose the Yahweh. I choose uh, uh, the God of Israel because the God we've been serving, he ain't quite working the things out uh, like your God is working things out. That's why Rahab is over there in the hallmark of faith. Come on now. Give your deposition there. So the image that one who was considered uh, the black sheep, uh, because I'm sure they had been talking about Rahab. Think about this. She still cared so much for her mother and her father, sisters and brothers, and whoever else was in her household. Uh, she was considered as the black sheep of the family. She's a prostitute. The one that everyone said had went down the wrong road is now the one responsible for saving mother, father, sisters, and brothers. God can use anyone he chooses to use. All of those who live by faith in God can be used by God. Hope is the key, but faith unlocks the door. I said hope is the key, hope in him. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is the key, but faith. Unlock the door. You can have hoping all day long. If you ain't got your faith in him, you can't unlock the door. Uh, your key don't even work. You might need to get another locksmith or something because your key ain't working because you have not fashioned your key around faith in an almighty God. I, I'm going somewhere here. I said the reason that your hope is not working, the reason that your hope key does not work is because your hope key is hoping in man. Your whole key is hoping in you. See, Rahab and, and Moses and, and, and Enoch mm -hmm, and Jacob and, and Abraham and Isaac, see, their hope key uh, was fashioned in the faith of the one who was a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The spies say to Rahab, our lives for your lives. The men assured her, if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly uh, and faithfully. In other words, uh, uh, you ain't got nothing to worry about, uh, Rahab. So when Rahab heard what God had did for Israel, it brought a healthy fear to her. Mm. 
Boy, Rahab got more, I'm telling you, she got more substance about her. She got more faith about her than probably everybody uh, uh, that, 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 that we know of all combined together. Because she's on the verge of being killed. If she was wrong, you get this wrong, you may die. Rahab heard what God had did for Israel. It brought a healthy fear to her. When you read about what God is capable of doing, you ought to get a healthy fear. We know that Proverbs 9 and 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Then it must uh, have been the way the children of Israel kept their promise. Say, if they said they're going to do it, I guess they're going to do it. Uh, Rahab started hanging out with God's people and she became a saint. Rahab lived out her deposition. She lived out her testimony. She lived by faith and she was rewarded for living by faith. She threw off what was hindering her from a God. She then became, uh, began to like run the race with perseverance. She said, I'm going to throw off this uh, prostitution. I'm going to throw off my idols. I'm going to throw off my unbelief. And I'm going to run the race marked out before uh, a mink. Uh, we we all have a race that is marked out for each one of us. I can't run your race and you can't run my race. We must all run the race marked out before each one of us. We must run the race by living by faith in the almighty God. We must understand that we can be trusted, uh, uh, that he can be trusted in everything that he says. Everything he says, you can take it to the bank. And one day we may be in the cloud of witnesses that, 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 that they're talking about over there in the book of Hebrews. Someone should, uh, should say about us, uh, what, that, let me give your deposition. Uh, let me give your deposition, uh, Brother JLC. I like to give your deposition, uh, Brother Anthony. I like to give your deposition, uh, Brother uh, Anthony Johnson, Brother Hemp. I like to give your deposition, Twiggy. I like to get your deposition, Jen, uh, Ancient Squid. Can we get a deposition from you? See, one day we have to give a deposition on the goodness of God and the, how you give that deposition is simply by trusting him more. See, your deposition ain't going to amount to nothing if you are not living by faith in him. They trusted in the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Uh, we can also one day, by trusting in the God of the Bible, we can also be able to sing that great song that so many sing, that great hymn, Amazing Grace. I believe it goes something like Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace, my fears relieve. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, tolls and snares, I've already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me on. Maybe one day uh, we can get to the point that we trust God like Rahab, that we trust God like Moses, that we trust God like Joshua, that we trust God like Enoch and Abel and Jacob. One day we'll be able to sing along 
with those cloud of witnesses is that uh, we endure to the end and we threw off the shackles or the sin that was so easily entangling us uh, and we laid it aside to run our race. Uh, hopefully one day that we'll all be able to say that and we'll be in heaven and be shouting for joy when we get there. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for your word. In your word, you have given us witness, witnesses to your faithfulness. We pray that you will increase our faith in you. Give us the kind of faith that can move mountains. Give us the kind of faith that can teach us to be fearless. Let us have a made-up mind to serve and to trust you no matter what trouble arises. Cleanse our hearts of doubt about you. Please uh, renew our minds to think on the things that you will have us think on. Show us through your word your glory. Give us the wisdom to see you how you truly are. We pray for all those in the common sense nation that are listening. Increase their understanding of you and allow their lights to shine in such a way that people will be able to testify as Rahab testified after seeing what you've done for the children of Israel. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you all for joining us so much. I think I, I, I think I got the way that we're going to do it from now on then. DLC said the audio was clear. Now I believe uh, that that I, I think I may be able to tweak it now. I think I may be. It takes a little tweaking. That devil is a lie. He tried to start. We had to start three different shows uh, before we got through. But we I made up my mind. I said, I know the devil's going to get busy today, but you can forget about it. Oh, you can forget about it, devil. I don't care what you do. Uh, yeah, we, I, and if anybody, I know some people couldn't join us back. They can, they can always download it and listen to it. I, I wanted everybody to hear because I believe that sometimes we need to be encouraged about our faith in God and the encouragement of our faith in, 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 in God increases us. I'm telling you. Uh, oh, JLC said you need to pray for Ham's daughter and family. Okay, we're going to, uh, Ham's daughter and family. Let me see here. Uh, was it something specific I need to, we need to be praying for? Or we just need to pray for them in general and, and ask, because the Lord knows uh, what problems it is. So uh, we, we are going to pray for uh, Hamp and uh, Hamp's daughter and, 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 and family. Father, we, we pray, we come to you, Lord. We don't know all the things that's uh, troubling uh, Hamp's daughter and, and the family, but we do know, Lord, that you know. Uh, we know, Lord, that you have the power and you knew you know all the problems that's going on. Father, we ask you to put your uh, put a hedge around and we cover hemp and the family in prayer. We pray, Lord, that you strengthen them. We pray that you watch over them. We pray that you give them strength. We pray that. That you give them the 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 strength to to kick a drug habits. We we pray that you give them strength to deliver them from everything they're going through. Uh, GLC also we pray for Candace, 
who's who's dealing with a drug issue, Lord. Lord, take away the taste. Take away the satisfaction of what drugs is doing. We realize that drugs have destroyed so many lives, but I guarantee you, Lord, that you you made her. You know all about her, and you can take away that taste. Out of her mouth, you can deliver her just like you have delivered us. We pray, Lord, for your strength right now, Lord. We come and touch and agree, and we focus on prayer right now that you delivered them from any addiction, any pain, and any suffering, that you will let them get on the straight and narrow path and start trusting you. We pray, Lord, that you will strengthen them. We, are, we understand that the road is not always easy, Lord, but we ask you to give us strength and to carry us when we're not able to carry ourselves. Some people say that you don't give us more than we can handle, but I think you do give us more than we can handle. You give us more than what we can handle so we can learn how to depend on you. Give it over to Jesus. Have a little walk with Jesus. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, GLC says Candace is Ham's daughter. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Lord, we do we, we we pray that you deliver Ham's daughter from this, this drug addiction, and we pray that you touch and focus on her mind, Lord. We know that drugs can be so addictive. They can destroy all kind of lives. But I know you are a deliverer. You are a deliverer, Lord, and you can deliver anybody from anything. I'm going to live a witness of that. That you are a rewarder of those who seek it. Uh, uh, seek and, 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 and after you. And it also says that the fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. We're coming, Lord, not that we're righteous in ourselves. We're righteous because now you dwell in us as believers. And we come together touching and agreeing in deliverance this day. We ask that you will deliver Candace. We ask that you touch her heart and her mind Take away any pleasure she has from that. I pray for this, Lord. And we want to keep her and keep her lifted. We want to keep Candace lifted up in prayer throughout the week. As saints, we want to pray for her. Keep her on our mind. Keep her on the common sense nation mind that we will pray for her. Not just one prayer, that we will continue to pray for her continually throughout the week. We will say her name, that we she will be delivered. Candace would be delivered because of the prayers of the saints. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's keep her lifted up in prayer all week long. Every time you get ready to pray, every time you say a prayer, keep Candace lifted up in prayer. When you pray, lift Candace up in prayer. Make sure you lift her up in prayer. And we're praying for your help. We're praying for Candace and we're praying that God can deliver. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I knew a guy who was on drugs for years, man. I, 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 matter of fact, he may be the worst drug addict I've ever seen in all my life that I've ever seen anybody on drugs. And some miraculous way he was delivered. Man, he, start, he got a family, started being a deacon at the church. It's unbelievable the things God can do. He did it for, for him and he can do it uh, for, your, for your daughter. He can do it for anybody else who needs deliverance. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry it was a little bit longer, but I think we kind of tweaked it. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, do better shows because I've been trying to try a little bit of everything uh, just to um, um, do what's best to make the show's best. I know sometimes it's frustrating. If you think it's frustrating for you listening, I can't tell you how frustrating it is for me. When I'm thinking we got the kinks out and you you buy this or you, you, you try this or you try something else and it seems like nothing ain't working. Um, but we're not going to be discouraged because we know God is a way maker. God bless you. God keep you. If anything was said that you got something out of JLCS, put our links in the chat room. If you want to go to the website, commonsensenation.net. We do have a web, uh, the website. We got a page set up for the gospel messages. You can listen to all of them. You can download any. All the partial ones, I'm going to go through and delete those off the website. And uh, I'll just save the one that was uh, the last one here that was better because some of the other ones are still up. But I'll go through and uh, delete those um, uh, off there. Uh, as Anthony right, Anthony Jones says she needs a personal uh, visitation from the Holy Ghost that will scare the hell out of her. That's, that's right, Anthony. You, 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 you own this. I got chills when I read that one. A personal uh, visitation from the Holy Spirit will literally scare the hell out of you. It will. But believe me, it will scare you. You you own to something now, Brother Anthony. <laughs> a personal a visitation from the Holy Ghost. Woo! I got that, That's worth shouting right there, boy. <laughs> that's shouting material. Anyway, we're going to try to wrap it up next week. Uh, well, hopefully we got the kinks out so we can start regularly and clear it up regularly. So... We'll try, to, we'll try to wrap things up next week on part three of taking deposition from the cloud of witness. God bless you and God keep you.
That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.